Anyway, uh, welcome oh. to One Foot on the Ground. This is Johnny. This is Ashley. <laughs> and today we are discussing in great detail and length uh, Empire Records. 1995. There you go. <laughs> I actually knew that for once. <laughs> uh, did you? I did. I mean, I just watched it what? too. <laughs> oh, like it, today? Yeah, earlier. It actually has the um, the date in the movie. I can't remember where. Oh, it's on the uh, the Rex Manning music video. It says 1995. Oh. <laughs> yes. Like with all the. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, I watched the. Uh the music videos the other rex manning music videos and the special features because there wasn't commentary or anything like that it was just music videos from the movie which i guess was appropriate you know did it only have music videos for special features on the remix edition yeah oh that's all i had okay because i think on the regular edition and on the blu-ray it has the deleted scenes but I guess they did. Oh, there, there were those. Oh, they did have those on there. Apologies, I don't have it in front of me, so I don't know. Yeah. Um. Okay. Oh, I do. Oh, there you okay. go. Now we watch the DVD, folks, but there is a Blu-ray available. But the Blu-ray only includes the original theatrical edition. We watched the remix special fan edition. Um. Mostly because that's the one me and Ashley both owned, but <laughs> but also I actually prefer it. Oddly, I think there's only one thing that I didn't necessarily care for in the remix. And yeah, what what's the difference well, between the two? There's only slight differences as far as I remember. And like I said, I was I mean I've seen the original so many times that when I first saw the remix edition, it was very obvious to me what the differences were but over the years i've only watched the remix so i don't know exactly i do know the very opening and this is why i prefer the remix edition like this is what i'm about to say is why in the um <laughs> in the remix at the very opening of the movie uh while he's uh what is his name what's that guy's name at the beginning sexy dude uh oh oh uh lucas lucas yes he's has to count the money because he's closing for the first time and while he's counting the money he gets interrupted by a customer knocking on the door mm -hmm. and this is all part of the remix this was not in the original i think in the original renee zellweger walked into the office and said hey what's you know and he's like oh i'm closing and she's like oh good luck and then it cuts to him um listening to music and counting the money crazy and then he finds the information about the music town takeover and then he goes to what is it 
Las Vegas? I don't the, know. Um, Atlanta. Because <laughs> the money's in Atlanta. Atlanta? Right? No. What is that called? The other place where people gamble. You're talking about Atlantic City. Uh, Vegas? Yeah. Oh, apologies. Atlantic City. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, they're up north, right? They're like somewhere up north, I'm assuming. If you can yeah. motorcycle to it. Anyway, whatever. So he goes to Atlantic City. He blows all the money, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but in the remix edition, a woman knocks on the door and wants to come in. And then it's a stupid thing where she was obviously there to try to sleep with him or something. But the best part of that sequence is that she picks up a copy of Parade by Prince and the Revolution and talks about how much she loves oh, that. There it is. And... <laughs> He's like, have you ever heard this on vinyl? It sounds so much better on vinyl. We have it. And then, like the last part of that scene was him dropping the needle on the actual record, which was the big Paisley Park logo and everything. So, uh, but you didn't actually get to hear Prince, unfortunately. <laughs> I was waiting. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't recall hearing Prince. The crackle of the, the record as it spun, but you never actually heard the opening of what would have been Christopher Tracy's Parade the first song on the album but um anyway so that's that's one there's an extended scene with debbie mazar um and kind of like introducing her as the romantic lead for the owner or the manager what oh, up joe oh the part i don't like is yeah, debbie mazar plays the um assistant the agent rex manning is it his oh, assistant? Apologies. I don't know. Something like that. No, I guess maybe agent. Maybe? I don't think it was ever clear. Was it? Did she actually say, hello, I'm the agent or I'm the muscle or I'm the... I don't, uh, I don't know. She just was talking about like his album sales and such. And so I was like, oh, she's his agent. I mean, maybe I she's so. his publicist. Publicist might be it. You know what? It's probably publicist. Mm -hmm. Let's go with publicist. Yeah, I'm bad at jobs. Yeah. She, um, for the, uh, also, since I don't think we brought up Madonna recently. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's been a good while. I, I didn't think about that until just now, but I was like, this is a beautiful segue to Madonna because uh, Debbie Mazar and Madonna were um, very good friends very early on. Like, I think Debbie was, uh, became friends with her way back before she got her, you know, whole record deal and everything. But Debbie Mazar did Madonna's makeup up until, I want to say, 89, I think. Oh, so, wow. Um, so her and Debbie Mazar, and they still hang out together. I mean, obviously not right now because uh, Debbie has coronavirus, unfortunately. But she's up in... Oh, no. Yeah, she's up in New York. She's living with her family and quarantined and all that. But uh, Madonna and her had just been together for Madonna's birthday. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It was Madonna's birthday last year, not, not this current birthday. Anyway, not the point, but they still hang out. They're still, and she was also in a bunch of her music videos. Also, Miss Debbie Maison. Anyway, not the point. Uh, we're... <laughs> Well, that was fun. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> Madonna does that a lot. She picks her her friends to to be in her things. To all. work. 
yeah, like, um, I believe in the music video, like, music makes the people. It was Debbie Mazar and um, uh, Nikki Harris, who was one of her backup singers, dancers, for nearly all of her tours up until probably around then. I believe, well, I think, I think her and Donna Delore did go with her on that particular little tour right around the music album. Not the point. So, but Debbie was there. Debbie's always there. Um, anyway, so what is this movie about? <laughs> oh, by the uh, way, this is a dedication to Erica, by the way. Oh, yes, our dear friend Erica, because X, Rex Manning Day is, uh, is coming up. In fact, I posted that this was our next episode on Instagram. And she's like, this is my favorite movie. And I was like, we're doing this for you. <laughs> yes, 100%. We were like, this one's for Erica. This for Erica. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. what is this so, about? Uh, it's about a day. It follows a day in the lives of uh, these delinquent teenagers that work at a, uh, a record store. Is it a record store? A music store. It's a record. It's not exclusively uh, vinyl. And, uh, and one of them finds out that uh, they might be in a financial crisis and gambles away all the money in order to um, save the financial crisis. And then the the day just kind of like unravels and um them trying to work business as usual, but also still try to figure things out amidst the chaos that is Rex Manning, an artist that uh nobody really seems to uh care for. Can't dwell not today, not on Rex Manning Day. Which <laughs> Uh, this episode is dropping on Rex Manning Day. Uh, for, yes. Well, I mean, it's too late now to warn the listeners, but <laughs> I guess they'll notice when it shows up in their feed on the correct day. But it will not be on Monday as usual. It will not be our normal Monday business. It will be, uh, what is it? Tuesday or Wednesday? I can't remember. I think it's Wednesday. Tuesday. It's tu- I think it's... Uh, is it Tuesday? It's, uh, I think it's Tuesday. I think so. Let's look at a calendar Wednesday. It'll be Wednesday. Wednesday. When? See you next. All right. We'll just, you know. You know what that's from? Post a lot of Empire Record stuff until then. Sure. Well, I guess we could probably warn people. We'll post something on our socials to. Yeah, we have other means to contact them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How do you feel about that description? What am I missing? Nothing. Uh, (laughs) I think I would say it's about kids trying to save a record store that they love and want to see not turned into a music town, which to be honest, the music town is basically, I would say it's like Sam Goody. Like that was the equivalent of what it would have been back then. And of course, nowadays, like I think independent record stores are a little more popular now, currently in 2020 and all that kind of stuff, because the major chains basically closed like what early 2000s. 
that's when mine closed. Yeah, but major chains are also for sellouts, John. So well, I'm sorry that I worked at one <laughs> for many years. I actually, <laughs> <laughs> I actually got that job. Um, well, first of all, well, hold on. <laughs> I'll go into it now. Whatever. Who cares? We can do this however we want. So when I saw this movie, I freaking loved it. I loved this movie. And I wanted nothing more than to work at a record store. That is what I wanted in life. And oh, yeah. I tried for years. And then but down here in, in Tampa, Florida, we have an independent record store called, um, I was going to call it Empire Records. It's a uh, sound exchange. And it's where you go and you can buy and sell uh, new and used music. A lot of vinyl, a lot of stuff. I go there for some nice used Blu-rays and all that kind of hoopla. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, but, and they're also good when I need money and I have to sell all my Blu-rays. Girl. Anyway. <laughs> but. I think, um, keep going. I tried to get a job there nearly as soon as I moved here in 1997. And I didn't get a job there. I almost did twice. Um, and the first time I was interviewed by multiple managers and had to go to different stores and I botched the interview really bad. Well, the second one, um, not on purpose, but I'm not good at interviews and I'm not, I'm definitely not good at, what do you call it? Um, talking up myself, like the yeah. guy asking me questions, like, I don't know how to explain it, but I, I basically... I just put my foot in my mouth constantly. Like the guy, I mentioned how excited I was that they had a copy of Thoroughly Modern Millie on vinyl, the soundtrack, out in their bins, even though I already had a copy. <laughs> I was like, that's really cool that you have one here because I hadn't been to that location before. And he's like, oh, so you like soundtracks? And I was like, no, not really. <laughs> and <laughs> I felt so stupid because I was like, well, you know, like later that day, I was like, God, I really do love soundtracks. I have a lot of them and I love films. So why would I <laughs> yes to that question? Like that was the dumbest thing. But anyway, so I, I didn't get that job, but I almost, I was offered it a second time and I didn't do it because it didn't pay enough. Um, and I wanted to. Yeah, they never do. Yeah, no. And then anyway, eventually I got a job at Sam Goody, which was, you know, my, closest to empire records i could possibly get and i worked there for quite some time and honestly in retrospect that was one of my favorite jobs i ever had <clears throat> i still love the people that i worked with at the time one of them recently passed away which is very sad um we won't go into all that but uh, actually we might touch on that briefly because we're doing this particular movie um, yeah yes Yes, but I don't want to get too sad. But anyway, um, but I, I was watching it today. And I was like, oh, shit, this is weird. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 it's fine. But um, anyway, so that's my whole Empire Record dream thing that didn't quite happen, but sort of, sort of happened. Um, I love that job. Anyway, but I worked for the man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I also work man <laughs> uh but i will say this since they're closed and there's no way to prove anything i heisted quite a bit of stuff from that store 
John. Super terrible, but like they're not anymore, so it doesn't matter. But uh, <laughs> morally, wrong, but damn the man. I mean, hello, save the empire. And the empire being my collection of things. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately got a vision of you just sitting on a pile of your things. <laughs> oh, sort of. Um, yeah, there, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't my proudest moment, but yeah, I, I took quite a bit of merchandise from that store. Um, and you know, they, they were on their way out anyway, so it wasn't like I was really killing their dreams. So it was even funnier when, when we were closing that store, cause we had to be part of the closeout and they paid us quite a bit to stay until the very, very end. Um, because you know, oh wow, who would want to work there when they're, you know what I mean? Like you're losing your job, so they paid us a lot of money to stay and, until the end. <clears throat> and um, when they were closing out stuff, it was so funny because like all these things were being sold for like what I don't know, uh, five cents or something. It was ridiculous, and I was like, well, I don't feel so bad about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> just would have ended up in in anyway. Who cares? But um. In fact, I'm, I mean, did Sam Goody penny things out the way that like Movie Stop and GameStop did? Probably. What is? What do you? What is that? Uh, did did Movie Stop not do this? Uh, where like an item gets discounted so far down that they only value it at a at a penny, and then they yes. kind of like damage it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We had, in fact, there was a huge. We would get shipments in specifically that were things like that. Like, here's a stuff that you're going to put in your dollar bin kind of thing. And the one thing that I thought yeah. was hysterical, so hysterical to me, maybe not so much. I mean, oh, I guess it was, it was funny and also heartbreaking to me that we got a huge shipment of um, Prince's crystal ball album that was going straight into that dollar bin. And <laughs> like, of course, nowadays people would be clamoring for that shit. Like you wouldn't believe, but we had to sell, and I oh, absolutely so copies of that album because I was like, it's only a dollar. <laughs> so I bought like I must have owned at least six or seven of those things, just because I was like, because I can, I guess, whatever. Um. <clears throat> anyway, so <laughs> back to Empire Records. So this the plot the plot or structure of this movie is one of my favorite things that uh, anybody can do in cinema is where you have a very specific time frame. Like this whole movie happens within a day and it's basically right. mostly during business hours of that day. So I love these kind of movies. Like um, I bring this, I brought this up before, but the paper uh, with uh, Michael Keaton is one of those movies where they have a uh, they have a a deadline for the newspaper to have you know the headline or whatever, and they have to have like so the the there's like this franticness to that kind of movie and I love it. You know what I mean? Like where you, yeah. like you're anticipating the end because you know it has to happen because you're aware of what time this movie's going to stop. Does that make sense? So I love those kind of movies. So that yes, automatically this is you know. A movie that I'm going to love because of that, um, which might be a weird—is that a weird thing that I like those kind of movies? I don't know. 
No, I also dig those movies. I like I like movies that just span over a day. And there there's a lot. There's a lot. Wasn't um The Hangover? The Hangover was over a day. Uh can't hardly wait. Okay. Well, I also like um Well, that was a time for vacation movies. I like when it doesn't leave when it doesn't leave the room like uh 12 Angry Men. Oh yeah. You know? That's what I'm talking about. I love those kind, of, and that's probably why mm-hmm. I enjoyed Twelve Angry Men as much as I. I mean, besides the fact that it was fucking amazing, but um, I love those kind of movies. I, I think it's, <laughs> I really do. I think that's spectacular. I, I I like I like when movies have limit put limitations on themselves. Yes, I I think that's fantastic, and I really think that they yeah. should. Also, just fun fact. Uh, Empire Records wasn't originally scripted to be over the course of one day. Oh, really? It was supposed to be over two days. Interesting. Very yeah, they just like edited out like a bunch. Yeah. Wait a minute. So yeah, I thought that was I thought that was interesting too. I don't I don't remember why well, they edited, edited so much, but maybe maybe it just didn't work. But they cut out like forty minutes. Say again. I was going to say that they would have had to cut that before they filmed because they're wearing the same clothes for the whole thing. Nobody changes their outfits. Does that make sense? So two days when, unless... You know what? That's totally fair. Do you know what I mean? Like if it was like the closing of the first day was when uh, I lost his name again, Lucas, took the money. I mean, because it did seem like you should be aware of who they were at the very opening of that movie. Does that make sense? Like when Renee Zellweger pops her head in, she's like... Yeah, well, we did kind of get to meet. You basically get to meet everybody. Yeah, that's true. Kind of... That's true, but we did kind of like... Hmm? I can't tell if you're muted. Like, as they come in, yeah. Like the car ride with Tyler and Renee Zellweger. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, which is very. Oh, I'm probably very cutting ridiculous. out. Well, I pause when you talk. Oh, yes. <laughs> Social distancing, everybody. So <clears throat> you are freezing on my end. <laughs> for the record, what is that um, that you uh, have in your hand? What? Hello. It's my phone. Oh. My phone. Yeah. So I was I was seeing I was seeing if they uh if they cut it if the they cut it before filming. Oh okay, okay. Well I to verify that. Uh, let me think here. First of all, yeah. all the kids in this movie, I mean, because this came out in 1995, which I would have been I would have been 15-ish, right? Wait a minute. Yeah, I would have been 15. So these kids would have been slightly older than me at that point, right? Because they would have been like, what? At the end of high school, because they were about, uh, Liz, Liv Tyler was about to go off to college. She got accepted into Harvard. Yeah. And the artsy kid was mm-hmm. going to go to art school, which deal. is what I wanted to do. Never did. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, so the, these kids were just about my age a little bit older so looking at them today it's really funny because you know if you keep track of all these people which most of them you kind of do just because they're still famous kind of thing 
<clears throat> like Liv Tyler and Renee Zellweger, obviously, are still mm-hmm. actively working. Actually, most of them are pretty much still working, um, but I haven't seen a whole lot with some of them. Ethan, uh, Ethan Kempers is still working. He's uh, oh, a yeah. on um, uh, Grayson Frank. Yeah, 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 which I'm so excited that he was on that. He had, I think he had issues for a few years, though with something didn't he like substance abuse or something being an awkward teenager (laughs) oh maybe maybe i mean i mean in the show he plays he plays a character that has a problem with substance abuse he played one in uh six feet under too i think he was in that was that him i feel like he was very similar to the grace and maybe i believe he was in that uh i might be wrong but uh, I looked up the yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. It's like he went from one character type to another. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just figured maybe it's just his acting and the choices that he made. But I just felt like I hadn't seen him in so long that maybe that's what happened to him. <laughs> it's like maybe that's what it was. Uh, Lucas. <laughs> Lucas ended up being well. First of all, Lucas was in Days and Confused as well, which I think came out. What before this movie right because there's a sticker there's a sticker on the the cash register that says have a good dazed and i believe it was a a sticker that was an advertisement for dazed and confused so i'm thinking dazed and confused came out first but they were very close to each other i think it did 1993 93 i was gonna say 93 that's funny 1993 Um, fantastic films on criterion by the way richard linkletter i love his films um but he played the stoner renee zellweger was in that too wasn't she no i don't believe so that had what parker posey was in that one wasn't she or was that not her maybe that wasn't her that had um uh we're both on our phones Uh, Dazed and Confused. Uh, who was that? The one that was having people fry like bacon. That was Parker Posey, wasn't it? Dazed and Confused. Yeah, first of all, Renee Zellweger was absolutely in Dazed and Confused. And, um... Was she really? Who I didn't she? look it up. Uh, I don't remember her in that. She, she was like, um... Part. What about here? Parker Posey, okay. Yeah. That's that's her? You might be thinking of um the Resident Evil. She's right here. Pop, pop. I didn't mean to zoom in, but that like really worked out for me. Are you sure that's her? Or is that Joey Lord and Adams? I am certain. What are you talking about? Joey Lauren Adams? She looks like her. But Parker Posey, yeah, but Mila Jovovich was uh uh, the other girl but yeah, um, that's who I was thinking of yeah she um I don't see her in in the credits for this anyway not the point oh she is girl in blue truck oh that's right yeah she was the she yep it was kind of like the cameo of um oh crap what was that um in the movie by George Lucas. What was that movie? American Graffiti? Where 
I believe it was Suzanne Summers was like this fun little cameo bit in a truck during a, a drag race scene. And then because of that weird little cameo, I believe she became like a big star or whatever. Anyway, not the point. So uh, anyway, so Lucas, the actor that played Lucas also was the stoner in Days and Confused. And I always thought he was so sexy. He's so hot. And, but more so in, in Empire Records than in Days and Confused. He is so damn sexy in this movie. And right. <laughs> no, I mean, no offense. I know we all age and we all age differently, but he's on a show. It actually might not be on the air anymore, but he was on a show, a regular on a show, one of those crime drama shows, maybe CSI or something. I can't remember. Anyway, and something that my mom watched all the time, and I was sitting there watching it with her one day, and I was like, that guy looks so familiar. And I finally realized it was Lucas from <laughs> Empire Records. And I was like, no, because he looked terrible. And I felt so <laughs> bad. <laughs> I was like, no, Lucas, no. Because, dude, he is so sexy in this movie. Like the scene where... Uh, the manager starts playing the drums in his office and they put the phone on there and they all start dancing and singing along and his dancing and lip syncing yeah. in that scene is one of my favorite things ever. He is so cute. Oh my God. Uh, his little dancing. <laughs> it's so, so goofy. Oh, I love <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> and Ethan Embry, of course, is very, very freaking cute in this movie. And I had crushes on all the guys in this movie. Needless to say, but uh, yeah. So anyway, so all the kids are still basically around doing their thing. Um, and anyway, yeah. I don't know what else I was gonna say. I don't even know what we're talking about, <laughs> except for Empire yeah. Records. <clears throat> the movie. <laughs> what? What uh, it was shot over. It was a. It was a single, single day, single location shoot, for the most part, outside of Atlantic City. And the night before, the record store is real, isn't it? In the deleted scene, I think so. Jason just told me it was real store, and that it closed in like twenty thirteen <laughs> or something like that. But. Yeah. Uh, the deleted kind of scene. A bummer. In 2013, they did a. Uh... Go ahead. What? John. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. You're freezing so bad. Oh my. Um. Uh. Am I? I don't know what I was gonna say. Oh, the deleted scene, I believe, is one of the only scenes <clears throat> that was shot away from the record store, uh, other than the gambling scene. Because I think they're out near the water or something. Which one's they? that? I don't remember. I mean, it was, I saw that so long ago. There's a couple, there's a couple deleted scenes. But the, uh, the woman that goes and goes to the record store after close while Lucas is working. Mm -hmm. And then they go to Atlantic City together. And then he loses his money and, well, it's not his money. And she's like, you used to be cute and like left. But she told him that her 
husband was a truck driver and like didn't have a lot of time for her or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, in one of the deleted scenes, like a truck driver comes in and he's looking for Lucas to like beat him up. Oh, see, I didn't think that he went to. And I remember being like, I don't think he went to Atlantic City with that woman. I don't think that was her at the casino. Because <clears throat> he was, he, there was nobody on his bike. In the deleted scene, they were talking about how they went to Atlantic City together. Oh, really? He was like, you took my woman to Atlantic City and like, whatever. Yeah. And so oh. I was like, oh, maybe it was her. Then that, that's what I'm saying. I think maybe that's why they probably like, edited out that scene in the theatrical because she's not on the bike with him when he goes to Atlantic City. He's riding alone. And then he shows up. No, and that and that also means like if she was, he would have had to like leave her in his shame. Yeah, exactly. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, no, the truck driver was definitely talking about his wife in Atlantic City. (laughs) Maybe she just met him there. I don't know. But I don't. I don't remember that as as happening. It doesn't matter. Whatever. So. (laughs) Yeah, because otherwise, what was her role to go in and inspire him to gamble? Yes. I believe that's because she she did say something and then basically that's when he what does she say? I can't remember what she said. But yeah, that was basically what Something the, about he, taking risks. I think. Yeah, it was something about taking risks. Um, but I think she was trying to get him to boink her but then he was inspired to go to Atlantic City because of that comment. Yeah. So, but I mean, I think that I mean, besides, I don't know that the scene is basically pointless. The only thing I liked about it was the Prince, <laughs> Prince reference in it. <laughs> I mean, you start off any movie with a Prince yeah. reference, I'm gonna be happy. But um, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I you're in. It really didn't need to be there <clears throat> because I think his motivation to go to Atlantic City would have been to try to save the record store from being a uh, music town. Yeah, it wouldn't have, he didn't, he didn't need a woman to like seduce him. Yeah, and like I said, in the theatrical cut that, you know, yeah. he just went straight from uh, counting the money to seeing that information and then going to Atlantic City. So it made sense either way. <clears throat> um, yeah. yeah. Thing it was different yeah. in the remix was noticeably for me anyway was uh rex manning when Liv tyler is seducing him in the break room uh in the theatrical version i can't remember what he says he he unzips his pants and he says something and then in the remix edition it was a different take (laughs) i hope you like blue cheese i like you hope i hope like the flavor of blue cheese um but I think in the original, yeah. he just says, I don't know, go to town or I don't know, something. I can't remember what he says. But he says, it's not, it has nothing to do with the dressing. <laughs> but that was a, a, I mean, that would have made me leave the room for sure. <laughs> I'm like, ew, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like uh, but, gross. I, in fact, I think in the theatrical version, <laughs> her uh, and also was, like, what if she was still willing, but like, not cool with blue cheese? True. Well, that's that's I think him saying the blue cheese thing 
makes sense for her to want to leave the room because if he didn't and he just unzipped his pants and wanted her to blow him or something i mean hello what do you think sex is like with these people i i i don't you know what i mean i don't know i mean of course if you're friends with renee zellweger well she you would have been aware of ridiculous sex situations that she probably would have told you about it was it was Liv Tyler's first time. She well, wanted it to be that. special. Yeah. And they were reading like Tiger Beat to get a sense of who this dude was. And Tiger Beat made him sound because he gave his like his PR um made him sound great. Like he was like a nice sensitive guy, likes long walks on the beach, really digs dogs, you know, like I mean, whatever so she thought it was going to yeah. be something special and he just wanted her to lick blue cheese off of his dick blue cheese well, dressing i mean yeah not just like crumbles <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> like crumbling up blue cheese and sprinkling it on his dick <laughs> oh my goodness no oh, i would have left the room i was <laughs> Like, ooh, some blue cheese. <laughs> if you hadn't left the room yet. <laughs> In fact, I think the blue cheese would have caused me to stay. I was like, oh, this is nice. Do you have any Havarti? <laughs> uh, some Gouda, perhaps? Yeah. Baby oh, and then And then he's on a speed because she she has oh, so much pressure to be perfect. I was going to say that's another thing about this movie that is fantastic. It is so quotable. In fact, I'm having trouble figuring out exactly Very what I'm going to use when I post this because there are so many good ones. Um I mean, of course, the Rex Manning Day one where <laughs> Ethan Embry um uh the well, Sinead O Rebellion, shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. <laughs> Which I say to people all the time. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> okay, anyway, so where were what were we talking about? Um, oh, the quotableness of the movie. Speed. And the speed. Speed, the drug of the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> like uh uh there are, my mom always said there was 24 usable hours in every day and <laughs> i think of that all the time i mean oh, I, that's my, her dad <laughs> was her dad what was that her dad yeah yeah it was her dad she only talked about her dad i thought she may have been an only child oh i mean i okay or maybe just a daddy's girl but anyway, she um, she mentions her parent, whoever it was, said that there are 24 usable hours in every day. And I, I swear I think of that <laughs> all the time. Like if I get up early and I'm complaining about, oh, you know, I walking and exercise and stuff like that. I'm like, there are 24 usable hours in every day. <laughs> Liv Tyler. Although I also correspond to that. Dude, I've been thinking it every day. Wait, Huh? You've been thinking about it every day? I, uh, I said I think about it every day with this quarantine. Oh, yes. Especially yeah, yeah. because like I get up. I don't want to waste my, my day 
And it's just like, there's 24 usable hours in every day, Ash. Like, just because you're not working doesn't mean you can't work on something. Well, here's the thing. I think of that, but simultaneously, I think she was on speed. And I <laughs> and I always think like, should I try speed? <laughs> right. <laughs> Would that make those 24 hours? <laughs> the answer, John, is always yes. <laughs> <laughs> it'd make all 24 usable exactly. <laughs> you wouldn't be sleeping not at all uh <laughs> i mean until you crashed just like saved by the bell oh yeah <laughs> saved by the bell episode <clears throat> um yeah i'm yeah, so excited i'm so excited i'm so scared so and i love i love the breakdown scene when renee's because it was right after because Liv Tyler threw herself at Rex Fanning Rex Fanning was like did the blue cheese she got offended she left um then Renee Zellweger went and slapped with them and she <laughs> figured it out while they were doing it and got pissed and then Renee Zellweger and her has this big argument <laughs> well all of them figured it out where <laughs> oh yeah all of them yeah and um Renee starts throwing her speed pills at her saying, it's for your perfect life and your perfect <laughs> everything's about her. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I'd get in Harvard too if I was jacked up on speed. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, Liv Tyler has her freak out where she starts screaming oh my and freaking out. And then, uh, uh, what is her, what is the girl's name that shaves yeah. her head? Deb. Deb? Oh, Robin Tooney? She who plays Deb? Uh, By the way, we, we might have brought this yeah, up. Yeah, the, the woman who shaved her uh, head. She was in the craft. Yes, and she had to wear a wig in the craft because she shaved her head for this. And that wig is so horrible. Like, you can tell it's a wig the whole time. It's just awful. <laughs> it's like, they should have got some brass. <laughs> it was ugly. But, <laughs> so. Uh, I can't believe you're coming for her like that, John. What, that wig was awful. I'm sorry. Like, that movie is forever tainted by that ugly wig. But <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, oh man, I that movie scared me because of the wrist cutting scene. In which movie? And then she just had another wrist cutting scene in this one. This one wasn't as oh, you're graphic. Well, you the, the graph yeah. when like yeah, Robin yeah. was it Robin Tooney? Yes, whose wrist got cut for her? Yes, by um, yeah, I any Scott. No, that's not I. This one she just did it with like a. What was the girl in that one? What's her name? Return to Oz. What are you talking about? The actress and the craft. Ooh. Oh, 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 um, Feruza Balk? Feruza Balk. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I said Ioni Sky, which, nope, but she was 90s, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, so yes. what, uh, I don't know, <laughs> this is the most organized episode we've ever had. <laughs> That's a joke. 
I guess it is kind of like a, it, it's. I don't think it helps that we have like a lag between us. Yeah, it's a terrible lag. But the, um, the plot of the movie is also kind of like when you're watching it, it's organized, but talking about it later, I think it would just be one of the, I think this is probably why it's such a quotable movie because you remember the quotes from it, but I mean, trying to explain where all these scenes fit in, I don't, I mean, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't organize this mess. <laughs> Unless I had a sheet of paper and... <laughs> oh, no, we're just... We're just we're just following each of them. So Liv Tyler is trying to lose her virginity. Renee Zellweger is just working in her whatever way. She's just kind of like a comedic relief at some point. Uh, Deb is going through her attempted suicide from the night before because she's tired of feeling so invisible. And um, what's Ethan Embers, like, what's his deal? Like, he oh, he's just he wants no. to find love, and he really loves guar, and he eats a weed brownie. Yes. So, yeah. Like, he, he's just, like, it's all just them working. Nobody tries to, like, save the, the store until after they get well, their Music Town aprons, no, and they see the, that, like, losing the store is kind of real. That's how the movie uh, And then they... Hmm. Right, but they're not like trying to figure it out. Joe's trying to figure it out. Lucas is stuck to the couch because he gambled all the money. It's just, it's just a, it's just a day. Yeah, it's just, yeah, just the day and in these yeah, lives of these gambled kids. all the money, and then what? And then he, and then he was like, "Oh, it's gone. It's gone." He didn't have a a, a plan B, you know. That's true. So. It's all just kind of like, it's all just kind of like a, yeah. And they all find love, whether it's self-love or <laughs> the love of the mother, like or... the Tyler and that one dude. What's oh, AJ. Yeah, he, but, he, but, he you know, like, um. It got super hotter after yeah. Uh, and were attractive, especially currently, by the way. <laughs> I, I looked him up because I was like, whatever happened to this guy? It turns out he works a lot. I just don't watch anything. Oh, right he's in. But he's super attractive. He's very hot. Good see for him. Green screen's picking up my eyes. Good for him. Not. Oh, you know what? Looking at the, a picture of him. Yeah, looking at a picture of him, I don't think I would have recognized him. Yeah, no. Like, yeah. He looks like he should be an Avenger or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Limitless, but yeah. I, yeah, uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so, um, yeah, so it's just a bunch of. It it made want, uh people want to work at a record store. I mean, everyone was just like super cool people. I am prime example of that. I mean, I wanted to work at a record store too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 
who didn't that watch this movie? Seriously. Yeah. We all did. Right. And I really loved, um, oh, no, you know what? Renee Zellweger's arc was, um, it was very small. Like, they, she wanted to sing, right? She wanted to be in a band or whatever. And then at the end of the movie, she's, she sings Sugar High. Uh, with a coyote, whatever. And it wasn't originally, they didn't want the the producing company, the record producers didn't want the Zellweger version on the the soundtrack. And I guess they they wouldn't oh, what, they wouldn't, uh, what's the, they wouldn't remaster it. And so uh, the producer ended up putting the the rough cut of the version that was played in the movie with Zellweger, and they were like, no, 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 and so they then they just put that version um, on the as the last track on the on the album, oh, which really? I preferred that version. I preferred they like I guess they like there was criticism that it was like too loud and like too whatever, but I liked I liked that's the part that I remember most from this movie is Renee Zellweger shaking her hands up and down and screaming about sugar highs. Yeah, I mean, it's not my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't say it was my favorite it was my most memorable most it's the part memorable. that i always think of when i think of this movie it's it's one of those where it's like i don't know i thought i always felt like her that whole story arc for her was so weak and then i honestly just don't it was it. it was very weak it was very but weak. it didn't it's not like it it went anywhere and i don't think you know like her, it wasn't like Getting on the mic. Like, oh, she just sang on the rooftop. Yeah, it's not like she got a record deal out of it. And I don't think she would have with that. <laughs> right. Because it wasn't that good. And that song was kind of dumb. I like her. I like her fry. I like that rasp. I mean, she was good in Chicago. It was the 90s. That was a song. That was like an actual song of the 90s. Oh, I know. I just didn't like it. <laughs> Well, I also don't you're like... Allowed, you're allowed to not like it, John. No, I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm aware. No, I uh, I don't like... What is that? Like, when people say, like, sugar high, I don't, I don't like that phrase or that... What is that? That term? Terminology? Like, whenever people say they have a sugar rush or whatever, oh, my God, I got a sugar rush from that beverage. And I'm like, oh, my God, just shut the fuck up. Like, I don't want to hear it. I just don't want to hear it. And I think you it's You don't want to hear about people's sugar rushes? No, I really don't care. In fact, the fact that there's How a show do people Sugar Rush on Netflix or whatever, I can't stand it. I'm like, I love the show, but I hate the the name of it. The title? Yeah. Isn't that hmm. the cute host? Isn't it? Anyway, whatever. Who cares? So. I, uh, yeah. Yes, I think so. Yeah. So uh I was going to say the whole um Deb thing. That I mean that was just it's so it's it's weird. I don't know. In retrospect that was a very strange thing to mm-hmm. see today. Because 
uh, I worked at a record store and like I said, one of my coworkers recently passed away and it was uh, from the same thing. So it was like, it was weird to see that today. I was like, oh shit, that's weird. Like, but I loved how they talked about it. I honestly think like, as a person who deals with depression, you know, like, like I do, I think having that as an example of, I don't know how to explain that. I, I liked the way that they freely talked about it and how they didn't push it into the background of the movie. Like it was a big deal for all the characters that she tried to do this. And they were all trying to make it very clear that she. Yeah. I like that. They gave her a funeral. Yeah. yeah. I, it was a very, I love the way they approached it. And I thought it was just, I don't know, just well done. And I love the fact that she, you know, eventually got to the point where she told them about what she tried to do. And it's heartbreaking. Like, you know, talking about how she used a, a lady Bick or whatever, and it took her school. A, a lady Bick? Skin, and it was just like, it's, oh, it's just awful. But I, it just, it worked in some odd way. And I honestly think that seeing that presented in that way helped me a lot when I was younger. And it kind of doesn't occur to me in, until I saw it today and I was like, oh, wow. Like, you know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Yeah, it's nice to have like, um, like an honest representation. Yes, it's not like, cause I'm trying to think of a different example. It's not I mean, hidden or put away. Uh, nobody makes her feel bad for it. It's not um, they all... either, if that makes sense. Right. Like the way, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, the way that they presented it was just well done. I think like like this Thirteen Reasons Why show. I don't like it. I think it's kind of dumb. And I think that her in that show, like her holding that over people, like blaming other people for what she did, was kind of stupid. And I also loved that in this, she kept like she basically told everybody that encountered her that day, like, it wasn't you. It's nothing you did. Like it's, you can't fix me. Yeah. Like, and it's kind of true. Like you, it, I mean, obviously therapy helps and you know, kids out there therapy helps, but if you don't have that, you have to find some other way to deal with it. Like me, I exercise. I try to make sure that I'm always doing that so that it's, it helps me with my depression. Does that make sense? Like absolutely whatever way for you. Obviously, she got to a point where it whatever she was trying wasn't working. But I just love that. I don't know. I just love that. Even the people that she worked with that she didn't even like, like Renee Zellweger's character, they obviously hated each other. But in the end, they found some kind of way to communicate to each other, and it worked. And I, I thought that was anyway. I thought the whole the the way that they dealt with it was very well done, and I think it stands the test of time in a weird way. Like that it's still a good example. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really liked that they like talked about it. I liked that it wasn't shamed in any way. Yeah. Which I think is important. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. It's just, it is what it is sometimes. Sometimes you don't feel good. Exactly. You know? <clears throat> I mean, yeah. yeah. Also, <laughs> sure. just fun fact, uh, Angelina Jolie was supposed to play Deb. Really? 
Yeah. Oh, wow. And I don't know how I would have felt. I think she could have done it, but I think it would have given a different vibe. Yeah, I think she she probably you know I mean? would have done well. But I don't know. I think I think they had the perfect person to do it. No. I feel like if it was Angelina Jolie, I think even at that time, we'd get like a girl interrupted. Was. I mean, no, no, what? No. I'm talking about at the time, like in 95. She, she <laughs> for, for what? Um, like hackers? Hackers and Foxfire. And like everybody knew who she was because she was almost right out the gate, even in her independent movies, like you noticed who she was. Does that make sense? Like I knew who she was. Like yes. immediately. I mean, Gia came out and even if you didn't have HBO and you couldn't see Gia, you knew about it because it was so talked about and you saw <laughs> it was, do you know what I mean? Like she was a big deal from right out the gate. So I don't think, I don't think that that would have carried over as well. Like I was saying earlier, like how that still resonates. I don't think it would have been the same if it had been her. I mean, she would have done a great job, but it, I don't think it would have had the same effect. Right. I really don't. Because she's too... I don't know how to explain that. I think she's in a horrible... Too famous? Moment. She's too famous and she's too pretty. Like, <laughs> nothing against uh, Tooney, but... <laughs> well, Robin Tooney's totally pretty. No, Robin Tooney is very pretty. I'm not saying she's not, but I'm saying... It would, I mean, and she looked like her and um, Liv Tyler. I, I don't, I just don't think it would have worked to have her in there. She would have been good though, but it, I liked that it was Robin Tooney. I think she mm -hmm. fit that better. And I think that the material works better with her, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just, I mean, I agree. That's like knowing that Bette Midler would, could have been. Uh, Sister Mary Clarence and Sister Act. Like, yeah, it makes sense and it would have worked, but... Oh, that would have been it, a completely different movie. It, yeah, it wouldn't have... I mean, having Whoopi Goldberg in it, it's like, well, no, Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was like, what? I mean, yeah, Bette Midler would have been great. Yeah, it's, 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 it's outside your mind. It's the exact same argument. It's like, yeah, that would have been great and it would have been a great movie, but it would have been a completely different thing. And I bet money if it had been uh, Bette Midler instead of Whoopi Goldberg, I don't know if it would have done as well. I doubt it would have had a sequel. Just saying. Uh, yeah, it would be a completely different experience with Angelina Jolie, right? Yes, absolutely. That's where we were, oh, so that's sorry. What, that's what we were talking about. That's where so, we were at. And I think Toby Maguire was supposed to play somebody before oh, he dropped out for oh, some reason. Oh, Toby Maguire is still listening to uh, credits. And I can't. Yeah, for a deleted scene. Is it a deleted scene? And that was the thing, like when you got the, the deleted scenes on the DVD, he still wasn't in them. So I was always like, I want to say that he plays maybe somebody in the band of Coyote Shivers on the, the, uh, on the marquee. I want to say he's in there. Cause I remember thinking like, cause me and my friends would constantly watch this movie and try to figure out where is Toby Maguire? <laughs> cause he's listed in the end credits. <laughs> <clears throat>
Um, he no, um, he dropped out. So I I was thinking because he's listed as Andre, and I was thinking that AJ was Andre, but I could be wrong. Well, I could be wrong. Maybe the character is totally gone, but there's no other character named Andre. So yeah, I, I also thought <laughs> that that was weird. I'm like, who, where? And that's the thing, I think, to have your name in the end, yeah. is, I can't remember what it is, but there's, there is something very specific about your name being in the end credits, but not being in the film. And I cannot remember what the stipulations are, but I know for a fact, like, um, what is it, House on Haunted Hill? And this is a fun, I think... a fun uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, fun fact that kind of corresponds with this. Debbie Mazar had a larger part in The House on Haunted Hill. I think it was The House on Haunted Hill. Is that the one with Jeffrey Rush? Where he looks like John Waters? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, The House on Haunted Hill. House on, House on Haunted Hill was the one with, um, not Catherine Zeta-Jones. No, no, that was a haunting. Uh, Ollie Larder, right? Oh, no, that's The Haunting. Never mind. Never mind. No, it was it was the one Jeffrey You're Rush. Right. I'm pretty sure it was the one with Jeffrey Rush where he got everybody invited to the house or whatever and they all had to come and and they died one by one. I mean, that's all of those movies, but <laughs> I just ex- described but, all Yeah, of isn't isn't that the haunting? No, 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 it's house, house- And like a a woman gets like whipped in the eye with the piano string. I don't know. I, I always get I always get all three of these confused. There there's a bunch the of the names people. are too similar. <laughs> but House on Haunted Hill though was Jeffrey Rush. Anyway, the point of it was was that everybody that was invited to the house in that particular movie had a reason to be there except for one girl. And it ended up being a big plot thing in the movie that she wasn't supposed to be there, that she was there for her boss. And her boss was played by Debbie Mazar, which her opening scenes were cut out of the movie. So she's listed in the end credits as being in the movie, but she wasn't in the movie because her scenes were cut. So that's what I was thinking about the Tobey Maguire situation. But anyway, I don't know. I I really, I want to know more about the- I think it has to do if you were paid for a speaking role. Okay. Well, see, I I think- Because you spoke- because we talked about this before, I think, like with the royalties that that one woman got for being in um, the Doctor Strange, but she wasn't in an Avengers it, movie. But they used her. Yeah. She got thousands and thousands of dollars for her one little sentence that was audio still in the movie, but she wasn't in the movie. Um, so that's what I was thinking, like for you to have a credit and to get something, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like you would still have to appear in the movie somehow. But that's what I'm saying. Debbie Mazar wasn't in the house on Haunted Hill at all. I don't think. Unless she was on the phone. Maybe she was on the phone. Like, audio. Anyway, I don't know. But Tobey Maguire, I don't know. He, he, I keep wondering if he's still in the movie somewhere. But anyway, he got paid, I guess. He has a credit. But... <laughs> but, but, um... The only reason I question any of this is because in Fargo, uh, in the end credits of Fargo, Prince is listed as having been the victim in the field. And 
I don't think anybody really knows exactly why Prince has a credit for that, but, and it's his symbol. It's not his actual name. It was when he was referred to as- <laughs> When he was going by the artist formerly known as? Yeah, so it was his Prince symbol that scrolled on it. And I, was, the, I love that movie. And I saw the end credits and I was like, what? And I can't tell you how many times I've watched that movie thinking, what? <laughs> but he's listed as victim in field, which you never see the face of the victim in the field. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if- Have you searched for deleted scenes for it? Yeah, and the Coen brothers have been asked about it and they basically give some bizarre answer that doesn't make any sense. So nobody really knows why. And I always wonder, like, does Prince get money or did he get money for that? Did he get royalties? Did he get paid? I mean, what was the situation? Unless, ooh, yeah. maybe they filmed on his property and that was their way to pay him because Prince probably wouldn't have wanted to get paid because he wouldn't have cared. Oh, I'm just speculating. I don't know. Anyway, not the point. That's <laughs> the situation. So, but anyway, so yeah, Tobey Maguire is listed in this. Do we have any other fun facts about this movie? Um, it grossed very, very poorly. Uh, I guess the production company didn't want to, they didn't like advertise it. They didn't put out any any form of like real marketing for it so it's probably because they didn't have toby mcguire or angelina jolie <laughs> and they were like this is gonna bomb so but it's also funny because i think well first of all toby mcguire wasn't exactly famous at that point was he he, he wasn't spider-man yet no i mean this was 95 and spider-man yeah, was see. one of his big breakouts but I want to say before that, Tobey Maguire would have been famous for Wonder Boys, but not before Empire. I'm talking about before Spider-Man. But I can't think of right. Tobey Maguire would have been in that would have made him a box office draw for this movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, No. I yeah, I don't know. Well, no, Pleasantville. Lena would have been a draw for sure. But I don't know if Tobey Maguire would have been. But my whole thing is, I don't think there's... At, well, I think the only person that would have been notable... Was Angelina. Been, no, no, in the actual movie. Would have been... Uh, oh. LaPaglia. Who? The boss. Because he was oh, in the Joe. 80s. Yeah. So he was already famous. Like he would have been the face that people would have recognized having gone to see this. And probably Debbie Mazar for the most part. You would have known who she was, sort of. But all the other kids were yeah. like, this was their first thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, oh my God. Grease too. That's funny. Rex Manning, he played uh, the lead in Grease too. Oh yeah, he he was he was a little bit bigger. I didn't realize that. That's funny. Oh, what a terrible movie. Well, the budget for this was um was only 10 million dollars and their opening week was 180,000. Like their total uh I think this is domestic gross was 16.5 million. So, you know, they got the money back, but it did not, like, go well. Hmm. 
That's and Robin Tooney was in Encino Man, wasn't she? Oh, I don't know. I really don't. I'm trying to look up. I'm looking at Tobey Maguire. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Nothing. I mean, he was on some shows. Yeah, no, he was. He was in nothing. You were right. He was in nothing before. So this would have been a breakout for him. But then the thing that made him, I would say, I would say Ice Storm would have been the first big thing that he would have done. That you would have, oh, and then Pleasantville. Pleasantville was before. Pleasantville, yeah. Pleasantville was like 97. Then Wonder Boys. And then Mm -hmm. Spider-Man. Yeah, okay. Pleasantville was where I first. the The Journey of Toby. Which one? Pleasantville. It was one of oh, my favorites. I saw him because remember, um, uh, Sense and Sensibility was is one of my favorites, and that was directed by Ang Lee, and Ang Lee did Ice Storm. So I of course had to see Ice Storm and Sigourney Weaver Ice Storm. Hello, hello, you got. Ang- I have not seen Ice Storm. Oh my God, you need it's on Criterion. It's so good. There is a beautiful scene with Sigourney Weaver where. She catches her son. In fact, maybe was her son Toby? No, no, no. Her son was Elijah Wood, I think. But he, <laughs> he's like blowing up things on the back porch or something. And she's like, you demented little freak. <laughs> 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 oh my God, it's so good. That movie is spectacular. It's, it's so good. And I think Toby was the, the college kid coming home from college. And I think... I think his mom was Joan Allen in that movie. Anyway, not the point. So, what would you rate uh, this movie? I would rate this movie. Uh, oh, eight and a half toes. Eight and a half toes. Eight and a half toes. That's pretty good. That's, That's pretty good. it's fantastic. And watching it today, because I this is one of those where I've seen it so many times that it just. I don't want to watch it. I own it and I always want to have it just in case, but it's not one of those that I put on anymore because I've seen it so many times. And then when you I, know, this morning, cause I wanted kind of a refresher to make sure I knew what I wanted to talk about. And I enjoyed it. I was like, Oh, Oh yeah, I do love this. You know what I mean? It's one of those where I don't think, I think putting it on might be, I mean, I'm getting that way as I age. Like every movie that I put on, I struggle with the, do I really want to sit and watch this? <laughs> you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So many times, but um, especially for this podcast, I'm kind of glad that we're doing some of these because I actually do want to put it on and watch it. And then when I do, I'm like, oh, I do love this. You know what I mean? Like it's, what do we just do? That yeah, we, same. We just did something else. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. No, I didn't watch it. <laughs> Oh my goodness, this this fucking guy. I mean, this I watched parts guy. of it. I did. I watched parts of it. But <laughs> uh, uh Sleeping Beauty. No. I mean, that one I did watch, but it's not No, what it was something what ah whatever. It was one of the ones that we did recently that I was just like, "Oh, I'm so glad I rewatched that because it was so much fun." What the fuck was it? I can't remember what our episodes have been. Life's a blur, guys. I mean, bear with us, humanity. 
humanity. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we've done a few. We're all in a we're all in a pickle right now. It's yeah. Um, uh, anyway, so what what would you give it? I'm gonna try to figure out what that thing was. I would say maybe like a a seven. It's a feel good movie for me, so I don't need like because it's not like it was eight and a half. By the way, I'm sorry. Um, I knew it. I didn't say it, but I thought it right before you were like, I'm going to look it up. I'm like, it's eight and a half. It's eight and a half. Because that was one of the ones where that is an exhaustingly long movie. But when I did Mm -hmm. rewatch it, I just, it it felt so good to watch, if that makes sense. Anyway, those two, where I'm I'm really glad that we did it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, uh, this movie I would consider to be uh, one of my, one of my feel-good movies. I don't really like watch it to see them win in the end and i think that that's because you know not a lot happens while like a lot does happen like yeah. if that makes sense it's so you know, yeah. it, this one's more about watching the moments rather than watching it for yeah you're you're having a good day with them yeah you know oh, you're, God. you're hanging out we didn't even bring up shoplifter let's <laughs> When Ethan Embry screamed shoplifter, which I can't do. I used to be able to do it when I was younger. Can't do it anymore because my voice. With like the breaking? Oh, goodness. I hate it when he yells shoplifter. Oh, my God. That's one of my favorite parts. Shoplifter. It's so good. I just hate the school. Renee Zellweger. I'm just like, oh, no. When Renee Zellweger comes over the intercom, she's like <laughs> explaining that there's a shot. Like narrating. Lucas is going to get him, and she's like, "We'll serve him deep fried to our first 100 customers." <laughs> Just another tasty treat from the folks here at Empire Records. <laughs> yeah. Also, I want to bring up real quick. Have you noticed the cover of Empire Records? Have you noticed that there's a dog wearing headphones on the cover, but there's no dog in this movie? I know. And I find it wildly upsetting. He's also on the spine most of the time. Is he on the spine of that one? No, he's not. Oh, he's not? <laughs> he's really? not. I think it's on no. the or something he's on the spine. But, but I'm like, when I, when I went to play it, I was like, man, I don't remember a dog. <laughs> and so I watched for a dog, and I was like, dog in here? Whose dog is that? I think it's supposed to be a play on, um, who was the, there was a dog with headphones for, what is it, RCA? Maybe, but then there's also the dog is sitting with a boombox. Yeah. With that boombox and dog in proportion to the rest of the image is like wildly off. Yeah. Like that boombox is the size of like Liv Tyler's like foot. Yeah, the boombox should be bigger. Yeah. It should be almost as big as the dog. Yes. That's not a big dog. No, that's a yeah, that's a pretty small dog. Uh no, I think that was supposed to be a joke on the RCA thing. Yeah, maybe. But yeah. I was just still very, very At confused. At the time, I would say that that was a very recognizable uh music logo. Yeah, but could you imagine like movie stops still being open and working there and people returning the movie because there wasn't a dog in it and that's why they bought it? Oh my god. Oh, I also <laughs> I also love when <laughs> during all the craziness when everybody's in the back. I think it's for for uh, Robin Tooney's 
funeral that they they're all back in the back and Ethan Embry's out on the floor and he's freaking out because there's too many customers and he's already he was high earlier and he, oh yeah you know and like he answers the phone and the way that they answer the phone is like Empire Records open till midnight this is so-and-so how can I help you and so, <laughs> I because this is one of those things like if you work at retail it's one of those things where you get this joke more than any other one it's he, so you answer the phone uh thank you for calling Empire Records open till midnight this is John how can I help you midnight like <laughs> <laughs> yes because like you get a dumb question absolutely just, <laughs> like, like, I, I just said it what time we closed you idiot <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so good uh, oh i really i liked that the one some of the music videos like there were rex manning music videos but there were also guar music videos oh yeah and i loved that the because they shot that scene at an actual guar uh concert, concert. and ethan embry was there yeah yeah because he's in yeah there. and then he got eaten by the by the and thing actually, i love that watch that if you watch that scene they actually have a weird uh what is it mirror digital effect on mm -hmm. parts of the screen because there were big phallic penises and stuff that they oh yeah they're like there was a dude there were dudes wearing uh strap-ons yeah yeah and they had to digitally manipulate the image so that you couldn't see them yeah they didn't I, manipulate it in the music video on the special features oh they didn't oh that's cool no okay. yeah you can see right. all the phallics good for them see the phallics <laughs> no. uh yeah 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 so what, what would you recommend how many toes did you give i forgot I gave it seven. Seven? Okay. I gave it a solid seven toes, yeah. Uh, what would I recommend? I would recommend, I just said it earlier, The Paper with Michael Keaton and Marissa Torme and Glenn motherfucking Close. Hello. Oh, my God. Oh. I fucking love that movie. And we, we actually should do it, but I'm, I need to buy the Blu-ray before we do because I, I don't own it, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. That's fair. I wanted the Blu-ray, so I sold my DVD years ago, and I never replaced it. Uh, but that is one of the no. only Ron Howard movies that I actually like. In fact, I think it is the only you one. You mentioned that. Yeah. Including Solo. I'm sorry, guys. It wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, when I found out that he directed it, I immediately was like, oh, God. This is going to be bad. <laughs> and then it was bad. <laughs> so, there you go. Although I don't blame that on him, honestly, in this particular case. I think Solo was badly written, but that's beside the point. Yeah. Different, that's a different episode. Actually, we're never going to do that, so no, it's well, not. We can do movies we don't like. That's fine. Are we going to do Solo? Really? I mean, I feel no, like Star Wars Probably not. not. There's like plenty of other things. There's so many other Star Wars related material that we could do. <laughs> That's not good. We could do the Christmas special. I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, oh. what, what's your recommend? Uh, can't hardly wait. <gasps> oh, it's so good. <laughs> yes. Oh, which wow. also had Ethan Embry in it. Uh, but it's it's the same. It's the same concept. It's like a day in the life uh, of these the, the party, man. It's the party. That's that's yeah. the party that like and I've, i think i've mentioned this before like when my parents went out of town once 
I actually did throw a party and it was like the can't hardly wait party. It was like one of those oh, yes. parties that was like, there were people there that I didn't know. People were throwing up on the front lawn. I mean, everything was going on. I didn't know what was happening through most of it. There was a guy out on the back porch freestyle rapping. There was a Rastafarian with a big joint that he took out of his hat. I mean, it was the craziest party. And it was like, I am literally, I was so excited the entire time. I couldn't have been happier. And I'm glad I did it. Guess what? I had a cinematic fucking party. It was amazing. That's awesome. And we did clean up nearly everything except for the only evidence was a beer bottle cap that was underneath one of the cabinets in the kitchen. And so we didn't get away with it. <laughs> but I don't yeah. think, honestly, my parents weren't that mad. They were like, wow. <laughs> in fact i think we had a sign on the door that said uh what what did it say like uh, uh don't bother to knock please come in unless you're the police or something like that <laughs> it definitely had an exception for police officers <laughs> that's cute <laughs> like that would have stopped them <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like this is just highly suspicious <laughs> actually nobody nobody called the cops we, we actually did pretty good for that. Anyway, not the point. That's good. So yeah, Can Hardly Wait. I love that. Love that movie. What's her name was in that? Um, she played the angel. Oh, what was... Oh, uh, from Dharma and Greg. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. And was Ethan Embry the main character in that one? Yes. Yes, he was. He was uh, the awkward teenager. Um, oh, he's he the one fell in love with Jennifer Love Hewitt because she had the same toaster strudel as him. And then and Seth, Seth Green was also in it. Oh, I got Seth Green in the in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on, that's such a good movie. We should do that one soon. Because now I really want to see it. God, I haven't seen that in so long. That would be a, that would be a fun one to do. We also need to do um, just for the record, Blast from the Past. That needs to be done really soon. Because I fucking love that. I watched that movie not too long ago. <gasps> what did you watch it on? Is this I think it was on Hulu. I think it's on Hulu. Oh, oh I might have to watch that. I fucking <laughs> love that movie. Somebody, somebody recently posted um, all these photographs of, um, of a vintage, like somebody that actually did have an underground bunker that was from mm -hmm. the, the, I don't know, 50s or 60s or something. Oh, yes, I think I've seen that. And I posted a, a picture on their, on their post or whatever that was just a, the poster for Blast from the Past. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is so, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh my God, I love it. Because one of my favorite moments in that movie is when, uh, at the very end, when they bring them to the, um, the house that he recreates or whatever. So they, you know, they just basically live in the same house. Yeah. And Christopher Walken is like, it doesn't seem all that different to me. And <laughs> and his wife <laughs> what who who plays his wife? It's um Oh my god, Carrie. What is oh my god, what's her name? What is her name? Okay. Uh, I, I don't I don't know it. She's so good. Anyway, whatever. She she goes she because in the in the bunker she was constantly drunk because she hated it. And so, anyway, so she, she's on the back porch and she looks out on the back porch and they show the view where it's like a beautiful, gigantic backyard. And she's like, no, this is different. <laughs> and I was like, oh, she's finally happy. 
God, uh, Sissy Spacek. Sissy Spacek. Oh, she's so good in that. I love her. In I, I agree. Whatever. What was the drink that she drank? It was like, it was like a mixture of two different boozes, like sangria and not wine. It, Champ- or it was champagne and like gin or whatever. And they were like, oh, I thought only hookers drink this. <laughs> oh, yes. Like, yes. well, then I guess my mother's a hooker. Because <laughs> the, the roommate said that or something, didn't he? Like, yes. Um, Dave, Dave Foy, Foyer? F- oh, Dave Foley. Dave Foley. Foley. Is it Foley? I think it's Foley. Yeah. Uh, he was in uh, Upright Citizens Brigade, right? He was also in... Uh, no, Kids in the Hall. Kids from the Hall, or Kids in the Hall, yeah. Um, do you know... Yeah, Elvis News Radio. Him, that he directed Superstar. One of them did. One of them, Bruce McCullough, maybe. Maybe it was Bruce McCullough. Directed Superstar. And uh, I love. I used to love Superstar. Oh, I still own it. That's one I could never get rid of. I fucking love that movie. I, I, one of my favorite details in that movie is that there were only Volkswagen bugs in that movie. And they were, I believe they were all <laughs> green. But the best thing about that is whenever they'd have a flashback scene, they were old Volkswagen bugs that were green. <laughs> and I thought- <laughs> That's brilliant. That was brilliant. I was like, I mean, to, to even think of that was fantastic. And then to actually do it, it's like, that is so fucking amazing. <laughs> you know? It's like, well, all, it's also a bunch of teenagers played by 30-year-olds. And so oh, they had to really? make it look old some way. <laughs> like, I quote that movie a lot, too. That's one that I quote. Oh, same. Almost. I like, ouch, my titty. I mean, I can't tell you <laughs> how many times I say that. And, <laughs> ouch, titty. And then... <laughs> I always, I always think of the devil speaks for me, obviously. Oh my God. I love that. I I also, um, the girl that I work with, whenever I go across the street to the, uh, the cafe to get stuff, she always wants a bottle of Evian. (laughs) (laughs) Go drink a bottle of yourself. Go drink a bottle of yourself. And so whenever she writes down what she wants, she always puts a bottle of myself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> instead of Evian <laughs> so I know and then if they don't have it I have to text her I'm like they don't have a bottle of yourself <laughs> <laughs> oh work what fun <laughs> back when we were in the office what times what times so um there's a whole bunch of movies for you guys to go sit and watch we just recommended a bunch of fucking movies without even thinking yes uh but next week we will be watching Miss Congeniality. Do we have our guest? Are we doing like a... Oh, yes. We will have a guest on. Oh, ooh, I'm going to have to wear pants for that. <laughs> I mean, or just don't stand up. Yeah, maybe. One or the other. <laughs> yeah, it's just like one or the other. We'll never know. Which, by the way, uh, we're using Zoom today for the recording. And... I immediately realized that you could change the backdrop if you have a green screen, which I do. So I did. And today it was uh, a grand, what is this? A great hall or something? It looks more like a grand hall, John? Yeah, it's a grand hall from Box Trolls. I have all the, like, Lotka put out, like, uh, screenshots from their movies. 
for the backdrops for for specifically for Zoom. oh you chose that yeah yeah, yeah. oh I, I thought that it was like something they included in the system no 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 I mean you can change it but they only give you like two generic things and I just happened to have downloaded all these uh, <laughs> what do you what do you call that wallpapers because yeah. I'm not because I thought I'd be using this but because I was like oh I really love those so. <laughs> So I downloaded them and then I was like, oh, I get to use them. <laughs> <laughs> so I have this one. I have one from Coraline. I have one from Kubo and the Two Strings. Uh, what are the other ones? Missing Link and Paranorman. In fact, it was almost Paranorman's bedroom. Just so you know. So I'll have to pick a good one for Miss Congeniality. Yes, you will. Miss Congeniality and our guest will be um, Rachel Gilmore. How exciting. We're going to have a guest. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so yes. excited. It's been a while. I guess that's not Karina. <laughs> I actually bought the, uh, the Blu-ray double pack that has both of these. and Armed and Fabulous? What? Armed and Fabulous. <laughs> yeah. Congeniality, Armed and Fabulous. Was Regina King in the first one? Ye yes. Because that was her partner in the second one, I remember, but I don't, I can't remember if she was in the first movie. Did she have a partner in the first movie? Uh, her partner was um, the, the La Bamba. La Bamba? What? Oh! Oh, it's coming back to me. I have to watch it. I'm so excited to watch it. But I, I purposely have not watched it because I knew we were going to do it soon and I wanted to watch it right before we watched it for the show. Perfect. So I'm very excited that I finally get to put the blue. <laughs> uh, and no, Regina wasn't in it. It must've been the second one. Yeah. I love Regina King. I always have. Ever Me too. Girl. That was <laughs> our jam growing up. Did you ever watch that? Watch what? Two two seven. What'd you say? Two two seven. No, I watched. I watched Martin. Was she in Martin? Wasn't she in Martin? I know Tish Campbell was in Martin. I don't know if Regina King was. I don't Dang know. It. Am I? Am I getting them mixed up? Maybe. Regina King was. Uh, she just did. Um... Oh shit! What is it? Dang it, yeah. I get Tish Campbell and uh, Regina King mixed up. Mm. Uh, Regina King, uh, she's the lead in Watchmen. And yes. I can't tell you how excited I was that she was the lead character in Watchmen. Like, that's one of the main reasons I watch it. And then I think, um, yeah, yeah, uh, what's her name? Uh, oh, freaking A. Um, Jean Smart is also a main character and she played uh oh whatever anyway she was in it and i was so excited because that's like two of my favorite shows growing up designing women and 227 hello it was <laughs> anyway so yeah so join us next week for that that'll be exciting yeah. is that going to come out on a specific day I think I think the beginning of the week is fine. I think it's like a Thursday or Friday, the perfect day. Oh, I mean, we can. I don't. It doesn't matter to me. Nah, let's just drop it on Monday. Okay. 
Well, kids, look for that. You can see a special day or not. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you know. Bye-bye. Oh.